What's up, fam? We're back with a brand new episode of the podcast. I know that this season has taken me 142 years. Thank you for your patience, but I'm back. Let's jump right in. Things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chotty? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Guys, what a crazy year it's been at this point. Um, I'm missing the pandemic. (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, Just for context, uh, for those who are jumping into my world and don't necessarily know me, in August 2021, my husband and I resigned from our positions uh, in the church slash uh, media department we worked for and we were part of uh, for literally all of our 20s and all of our 30s. It was all we knew, uh, yet God said he had something new for us and we needed to take a sabbatical to seek him for the next season. So we were obedient and the season um, that we stepped into was meant for like refreshing and really uh, seeking God. It was meant to engage in real rest so we could hear God clearly. My husband, who's an incredible human being, immediately jumped right into rest and refreshing. Uh, Full disclosure, because you know the podcast, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I did not obey, nor did I rest. I took a job, a dream job in New York City, where I worked remotely and I traveled monthly. And I was living my best New York creative director life. I won't lie, it was every bit as glamorous um, as it would sound, the travel, the work, the opportunities. Um, it was epic. It was epic. And, um, in December, 2021, uh, we were approached to take the pastoral role at a church about four hours South uh, of where we currently were living. And so we prayed and, um, I was working in New York part-time. Stavon was living his best life. And, um, when we were asked to take on the church, we legitimately said, no, we were like, nah, we're good. Um, but the Lord said to go visit. And so we visited and we fell in love with it. And we immediately knew this is what was next for us. Um, we felt like the Lord wanted us to step into this pastoral role. It was not what we thought our life was going to look like. Um, but we packed up our lives, our cat sold our home and moved to our new city and began to pastor our community in March of 2022. So it's been about a year. Uh, I'm making this podcast about a year after we have stepped into leading, um, a community in our new city. So in seven months, when you think about it, I have at that point, I've switched careers Um, I've moved away from my family, uh, from the only real home I have ever had, and I have now begun to pastor an entire church, an entire church, an entire church, an entire people group alongside my husband. And in April 2022, um, on top of everything, so we just started pastoring the church, I had a book deal. Your girl got a book deal, guys, and thus began my book writing journey, uh, which I will need an entire podcast just to talk about of the tears and how it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, Um, how many corners I cried in during that whole book writing process. But I wrote uh, half the book and then about, I turned it in and they were like, yeah, no, we want you to change it. And so then I switched, I switched it and it was a lot. It was a lot. There's a lot of crying 
on, on the kitchen floor and I uh, had to go back to the drawing board, but um, in July, 2022. So now we're looking at the summer, 11 months after I walked away from my career, my friends, my normal, I bought a house and started rewriting my book, which was now four weeks due. It was due in four weeks. So pretty much my life has been nuts. So if you think about it, I let go of everything I knew, took on a church, took on a book. And then in the last summer, I thought I was gonna have a full on nervous breakdown. Oh, at this time I was also still traveling and we were still pastoring. So I need you to think through, that's what my life looked like. And then, um, uh, for some reason I thought the greatest thing I could do was kick off a new season of the podcast. So if you're wondering why the heck I have been MIA, that's, that's really it. If I can be real honest, um, I've been doing a lot. And so, um, to prove to you that I haven't really stopped and I've been running amok, um, I just recently uploaded like. 17 messages that I preached over the last year to my YouTube. I'm also going to upload them to my podcast just to prove to you guys that I'm not just like chilling and hanging out. Like I legitimately have been bombarded with life. And in the midst of all this, I knew God was saying I needed to slow down. I would say uh, about a year ago, I really felt like God was like, yo, less than a year ago. It was like, August, I felt like God was like, you need to slow down. And I didn't listen per the huge. Um, I kicked off a new season of the podcast cause I'm hardheaded. Uh, I was still writing my book. I was moving into our brand new home and then I finished the book. I kept traveling. I kept working. I kept pastoring. I kept doing side hustles until finally the Lord said, uh, enough. And, um, this past December, uh, now we're looking at December, 2022, uh, I reached the end of myself, which I tend to do. And I resigned from my dream job to focus on learning how to rest for real. See, the thing about rest is I've been telling you guys uh, about rest, preaching about rest, talking about rest, and have actually engaged rest in my whole, in my own life. But when life shifted so drastically, um, in 2021 and, um, I walked away from everything, it felt like If I chose to rest, I would lose myself. Yet it was God calling me to rest so I could find him. Anyways, I resigned from my dream job. No bad blood, nothing like that. I just went to them and said, guys, I, I I need to finally take a sabbatical. And just when I thought everything was chill and the waves and the water came out of nowhere and some major shifts happened. And so it was like, dude, I thought I was going to rest. I thought everything was going to be great. I thought everything was fine. And then we had another shift that happened right after I stepped off of staff. And it was like, oh my God, 2023, I'm going to need you to like be normal because 2020, 2021 and 2022 have been off the chain. Why the heck am I doing a podcast on rest right now when um, my behind just went into sabbatical uh, two months ago? Why am I giving you all this backstory? Uh, Some of you are like, we've heard this already. Thank you for sharing. Look, I need you to hear me clearly that I'm working on this. And rest is something I fight for. It's something I'm constantly fighting for. And over the last year, I've put some things in place to make sure that I am engaging in real rest even in my busyness. So those that listen to this podcast, I know you're busy. I know you have kids. I know you have lives. I know you have careers, but if you don't make rest a rhythm in your life, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something that I wish somebody would have sat me down 
and told me this because they were living it out, not because it was something trending at the time. But if you don't make rest a rhythm in your life, it will sit on the shelf of your life as a reward. And that rest that is rewarded will never feel like true rest. It'll feel like rehab, especially when the storms of life come and they always come. As a wife, as a creative, as a writer, as a pastor, I don't have the luxury to burn myself out. I have to stay sharp. I have to stay filled up. Um, I feel the weight of this, of having to stay fully focused on Jesus through real rest, not through qualifications, not through all the Bible I know or all the people I know or all how I network or whatever. Like what keeps me on the path is rest. And this is the way of the church. This is what I feel like, I don't know, the church is really truly missing. I ran a creative team for a really long time and a good friend of mine who was on my team and I mentored recently came into town and she took pictures and we were talking about creativity and what it looked like. And I was sharing with her our navigation through Easter and how everything in me who grew up in the megachurch, who helped create these experiences within the big C church, now as a pastor of a community, was rethinking whether all those things even mattered. And during Easter, what things I should actually bring in and what things really were just nice and not a necessity. It's been a lot of internal processing of what do I really need to bring into my life? What is really pulling rest from me? And not in a way that would make, um, I don't know, not in a way that would make me be mad at God because he's making me rest, but in a way that is making me want to run to God because I am faced with this rest. I'm faced with a, a new understanding of how to do church, how to do creativity, how to navigate people, how to navigate community. And that's what I feel like I've been navigating over the past year and a half was like, really understanding what it looks like to be the church, love the church, build the church, all while being rooted in rest. My favorite story about rest is the story of Jesus in the boats in Matthew 8, 23 through 27. It's also in Mark 4. It's also in Luke 8. Um, and so I'm going to read a little bit of it today and then I'm just going to break down what I feel like God has given me about rest. But before I jump into that, I wanted you to know that the reason I'm giving you context is so that you know that I'm fighting for this in my own life. I am fighting for rest in my life because I can't have people follow me running at a pace that is crazy, that is going to burn them out if I myself am, am running at an unhealthy pace. And for you moms out there, your kids are watching. For you leaders in the church, your community, your teams are watching. And at the end of the day, the fruit we produce can't be burnt out fruit. It's got to be healthy fruit. And the only way that it will be healthy fruit is if we are rooted in the soil of rest. So Jesus calms the storm. The day when evening, wait, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. 
They were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? The first thing that I see when I read this story and that I'm reminded of is that rest is active. <laughs> I know that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so Chadi, if rest is active, um, shouldn't I be resting? <laughs> it's, a, it's a proactive, uh, uh, oh gosh. I don't have a, a cool, fun one-liner for this. But when I say rest is active, I mean that it's, it's like you have a proactive posture in your heart to rest. So for us, Friday nights are sacred. So we light candles, we do communion, we pray over our family, we have dinner. And then for the next 24 hours, we dedicate that entire time to just rest not just sleeping in, but enjoying each other's company, reading the Bible, going to the pool, going to the beach, hanging out, having family time, engaging with each other and not our phones. And, and, and the way that we do that is we prepare all week so that Friday night and Saturday are completely sacred. We take an active response to our week so that the rest of the week is set up well, Chadi, I work on Friday nights. I'm not saying it has to be Saturday for you. I'm saying that a, man, if we give a tenth of our money to God, what would it look like to give him a tenth of our day or a tenth of our week? What would that look like to give God exactly what he, I mean, time back? You know, we always say in our church <clears throat> that we are a generous church, right? But we're not just generous with our, or with our treasure, but we're, we're also generous with our time and our talents. There are people in our church and our community that do not have money to give, but they give with their time. They give with their talent. They serve in other ways. And I believe that God wants you to rest and you may not be able to take a nap and rest, but you can turn your phone off. You may not be able to take an entire day, but every day there's a little time that you can take to just sit and be with God. I, you know, the thing of the story is they, they left the crowds. That was an active approach to then spend time and do exactly what God was telling him to do. So for you, that might, I don't know what crowd you are living in, you are rooted in, but some you might need to just get away from that. Um, the other thing is they, they got on the boat. So what does that look like for you? What is the thing that you need to walk away from and the thing you need to walk into? Um, for you to actually have rest. For some of you, that might be turning off your TV, turning off social media. Um, uh, that might be just spending time with your family. That might be making a drive to go spend time with family. I don't know what fills you up, but whatever it is that fills you up, you need to walk away from the things that pull on you and step into something that fills you up. For me, what fills me up is my family. You need to write this down. So like what fills you up, what drains you. And during that time of rest, during that sacred time that you take away and you give back to God, you do these things. You walk away and you step into. They left the crowds and they got out of the boat. Rest is active. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta fight for rest, man. You gotta fight for rest. Rest in your day. Man, my time in the morning with God, like 
I fight for that. So because I know when my husband wakes up, he's going to, he's a very, he's a morning person. He's going to want to sit and talk and have breakfast and have a conversation. So I get up about an hour and a half before him so I can sit and have time, you know, with God and just pray and read my Bible and take notes and journal. And there are days that like, I don't get to do that. And I feel it. I feel it. And so rest, you have to get active in your rest. The next thing that I'm learning in the process is that rest is possible in the storms. Jesus was at the rear of the boat asleep. He was asleep on the stern. The stern is where the boat is controlled, where the uh, direction of the vessel takes place, and it was there where Jesus was sleeping. I do not think it's a coincidence that Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat. I believe that God wants to control. Control is such a weird word in, in our culture. It just it feels weird, but God wants to be, uh, yeah, psh, it is what it is. God wants to be in control of your rest. Look, Jesus is on the boat of your life. Jesus is in control of your circumstance and rest is possible in the storms. I find there are so many times, so many times that life is just crazy pants. And yet I always go back to the story and I'm like, Jesus was legit asleep. Jesus was legit asleep. And the disciples who were fishermen are freaking out. And it's not like we don't know life's going to be full of storms. Yet for some reason, the disciples are freaking out. Jesus knows where you need to go. Jesus knew what to do next. He understood the direction of they were going. And I feel like the same thing with us. Jesus knows where we need to go. He knows what we got to do next. He's the one that told them to get in the boat. He's the one that gave them the direction. The other boats, it says, I, th- I can't, I think it was in Mark. Was it Mark that's, that references the other boats? And some, they all went back. There was only one boat that actually crossed, which is the one with Jesus. And I find that there's so many of us trying to cross stormy situations without Jesus. We're trying to cross stormy situations without rest. Like Jesus is with you and he is full of rest. He is the Prince of Peace. And yet we're freaking out. Chadi, that sounds really Bible-y and like, I don't really know that you haven't really given me any practicals to do that. When I am freaking out, when life is nuts, I purposely go sit on my couch and do nothing. My husband will be like, I don't know. The moments I'm feeling the most overwhelmed, the moments where everything feels crazy, I will quit. I take a time out. I'm like, you know what? Jesus is still good and Jesus is still God. And um, he is not surprised by any of the situation. So I'm just going to go sit for a minute, put some worship music on and the waves might be looking crazy, but God is still good and God is still God. And I settle myself and I rest in the reality that God is still good and God is still God. And I want to encourage you to do the same. If your rest isn't founded in Jesus, a rest that refreshes, a rest that refills, uh, just like that active rest, it refreshes and it refills, then your rest won't actually be rest. I've told this story before a million times. I can't remember where on the podcast I shared it, but my husband one time took me on a cruise. Cruises suck. I'm not a big fan of them. Everyone knows that, that knows me. I'm, I just don't like boats. Hashtag Titanic. It's just, I've had a lot of real weird things happen on boats. Anyways, and um, <clears throat> what I noticed on the boat, on the cruise, is everybody was signing up for all these excursions. And it was like these families would come back from these excursions and they would look more tired than when they left. And I think we, at the as the church, we have filled our rest with things to do instead of things to not do. When um, 
I focus on rest. I focus on, is my rest founded in Jesus? Is my rest refreshing? Is my rest refilling my life? Um, because if it's not, and I'm just signing up for a jet ski excursion, that's not actually rest. Rest is active. You got to take a proactive, you got you to gotta guard your rest, man. Rest is totally possible in storms as well, and rest fights off fear. Jesus was active, unbothered, and unafraid. He says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think that uh, what stops us from actually resting is fear. It's fear. Fear in we won't get it done. Fear in someone's going to call us. Fear in something's going to change and we're not going to be able to navigate it. I don't know. I'm not one of those people that I can like not worry about those type of things. I'm pretty high strung, pretty um, type A personality. Um, I don't subscribe to the Enneagram, but the one that they say that I am is really intense. Like, I get it. I get it. I'm, it's, but I would like to live my life with a proactive stance on rest, an unbothered view on storms, and a life that is unafraid. Because fear, man, it takes away my joy, it takes away my peace, it doesn't allow me to actually rest. I noticed this the other day, I, I took a drive. <clears throat> I love driving by myself, it's like a thing. I love road trips. Um, if I have to take a road trip alone, I'm usually really hyped up on Mountain Dew, I get an audible ready. And the other day I went to see my mom. I drove the three and a half hours. It was going to take me about five hours because of traffic. But I was going to go see my mom and surprise her for her 70th birthday. So uh, where she lives is about three and a half hours north of me. <clears throat> and so I wasn't going to go the long way. That is like through all the downtowns of Florida, uh, which I love that route. I was going to take a route I've never taken before um, because I was going to go to my sister's house first. Why does that matter? Because my sister lives a about an hour south from my mom. And so since I was going to be traveling late into the night, I wanted to surprise my mom the next day. So I was like, no big deal. I had my Audible ready. I had my book ready, my, my pl uh, Spotify playlist, and I started driving into the night. Now, what happened was I eventually turned down a county road, something or another, where I lost uh, GPS. I lost all internet, um, and I was quite literally in the middle of nowhere for about an hour. It was like no joke <clears throat> for somebody... Um, by themselves in the middle of nowhere with no internet, um, unsure that I was going in the right direction. I was sorely afraid. I, I was probably the most afraid I think I've ever been. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's all the Dateline NBCs that I watch or the 2020s or the murder documentaries. I don't know. But I was like, this is the way that I go out. This is, they're, they're gonna, this is gonna be the worst Dateline NBC ever. Will they find me? Will I be murdered? Where am I? Like I had so many questions. So I'm like calling, trying to call my husband. My phone's not working. There's no internet. I'm absolutely freaking out. I'm like overcome with so much anxiety. My ears are wet. I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm like freaking out. I was like every bit of afraid. And it's like the darker I, I drove, the more I drove, the darker it got, the scarier. The, it looked like Jeepers Creepers. It was like absolutely the worst. And then out of nowhere, this truck turns out of one of these dirt roads in front of me and he was about 50 feet in front of me but every time I had to turn because I had screenshot the map so I kind of knew where I had to go he would make the turn first it was like 
God had sent this truck to go the exact same way I needed to go for the next hour. And I was like thanking God. Thank God I'm not alone. Thank God for this truck. Thank God. God wants you to rest. And he is going to send the right people, the right sketchy trucks in the middle of your darkness, in the middle of your lost. And he's going to send the right things to show you how to go. But you have to surrender your fears. It was funny because I'm not normally scared. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm not like one of those people that's scared of the dark. Dude, I had to like start praying. I had to like start praying like, like praying like I don't think I've ever prayed. Like that God would give me peace. That God would give like that. I don't like against a panic attack against like, like legit war in the spirit over something as dumb as driving in the dark. When you're burnt out, things that normally don't scare you will scare you. You know, I was making this trip right off of going on sabbatical right after walking away from another dream job. And I was, I was scared. I was scared that stepping into rest was going to set me back in my career, was going to set me back in whatever the podcast is going to be next, whatever the book marketing needed to be. I was like, God, I don't have time to do this. I need to be attached to this thing. I can't let it go. And I felt like God was like, if you let it go and you just rest in me, I will make a way and I'll send the right things. And I will tell you that over the last eight weeks, they have been incredibly difficult to navigate this sabbatical. But in every wave and in every storm, that's come. And the storms have come. God has sent his peace and his joy and his compassion and his people and our community around us. And I've watched God do incredible things. And so don't rest because it's trendy. Rest because because it's holy, because it's sacred. I have this book that I'm obsessed with. It's called The Sabbath. It's written by Abraham Joshua Heschel. It's like on my desk. Anyways, I have this book. I love it. It sits on my desk. It's one of the only books that sits on my desk. And it's all about the Sabbath. And I'm going to read you something out of it that I love. It says, there is a realm of time where the goal is not to have, but to be. Not to own, but to give. And not to control, but to share. Not to subdue, but to be in accord. Life goes wrong when the control of space, the acquisition of things of space, becomes our sole concern. What rest, true rest, rest that is guarded and proactive, rest that is unbothered and focused on Jesus, and rest that is absent of fear, steps into this realm of time where my goal is not to have but to be, not to own but to give, not to control but to share, and not to subdue but to be in accord. And I believe that's how Jesus lived, and that's how we're supposed to live. So yeah, rest. You should do it. 
It's a kingdom thing. Okay, that's all I have. Love you, weirdos.